May we pray? Heavenly Father, as we've just been reminded in our time of worship that all creation should worship you. O God, to see you high and lifted up, to see you on your exalted throne. How we love you today. How we adore you today. How we're privileged to bring these praises to you. We know that someday, every knee shall bow. Those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. And we do that today with our praise and with our thanksgiving and with our worship. As Richard has mentioned, there are those who have come in our midst today who are troubled. They see signs all around them that worry them. And there is fear. But you have said in your word that you've not given us a spirit of fear. But you've given us power. You've given us love. And you've given to us a sound mind. You are God. We are your people. We humbly bow before you today. Asking you to do whatever you need to do in our lives. To raise our worship and our understanding of you. Father, we would pray for our pastor today who's away preaching somewhere else. We lift up Jimmy to you today and pray that you would continue to use him as he provides leadership for our church. We ask that as we go through a season of uh, prayerfully preparing for selection of elders, that you would lead in that. God, we have seen how in the past you have brought to us men of outstanding leadership that you've placed your hand upon. And Lord, we wait in anticipation uh, for that again to happen soon. Lord, we thank you for all that you have given to us. There is uh, nothing that we have that doesn't come from you. Uh, We thank you that we have an opportunity today to give back a portion of that to you. Lord, we want to do that uh, with thanksgiving, but also we want to do it cheerfully. Lord, we consider it a privilege to write out that check or to put that cash in the offering plate. Because what you've given us, how can we ever repay you? Lord, we love you today. We present ourselves today before you and ask you to bless in the offering and in the rest of the the service this morning for our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. After worship like this, we could go home right now, and probably some of you would uh, like to because you looked up here and saw this big, ugly, tall guy. But uh, bear with me, and uh, we'll have uh, a time of looking at the Word of God today. Uh, The title is, Do You Need a Call or Do You Need a Recall? So I'm going to ask you to turn to a couple passages in the Scripture, and we're going to be looking at uh, a passage in 1 Samuel 3. And also in Exodus 3. So if you would get there, I'm not going to read it at this time. I'm going to look at it a little bit later on. But turn to 1 Samuel 3 and Exodus 3. Today we see war from Afghanistan to our beloved country, the United States of America. And make no mistake about it, that's not the only war that's going on. There's also a cosmic war that exists between good and evil. 
And I am a believer that we need to ignite the 400,000 churches in the United States to fan the flame, fan the flame so that we can move the church, the family, and the individual. I don't know about you, but I don't believe we're ever going to have a better world until we have a better individual. Until we have a better man, woman, boy, and girl. And that's never going to be accomplished until that individual person has come to faith in Christ and is maturing as a believer. That, in a nutshell, is your vision statement. Reaching an unchurched world through maturing believers. But I want to tell you up front who this message is for today. It's for those who God is preparing for a call. For those who would be exploring Christianity and never yet tasted how gracious God is. They're the person exploring Christianity. It's also for those who are in a spiritual slump. You ever been there? Been watching any of the playoffs? All the home runs during the year? And now the pitching has come to the forefront. A lot of people not making contact who are major league baseball players. They're in a spiritual, they're in a baseball slump. Well, I think there are those today who are in a spiritual slump also. And in much need of a recall from God. And also it would be for those who are walking worthy of the Lord. Who are pleasing God and glorifying Him. Now, I desire that this message be encouraging to all three of those groups. But I want to speak directly only to the first two. To those whom God may be calling and to those whom God, who need a recall from God. Looking at 1 Samuel 3, let me give you a little bit of background about where I'll be going here in this particular passage. The Lord had, has closed Hannah's womb. She so much wanted to have a child, a male child. Elkanah, her husband, is asking her why she is grieving so much. He says, am I not better to you than ten sons? That's her husband. Yet Hannah continues to pour out her soul to the Lord, saying that if she could only have a male child, that she would give him back to God. And she and Elkanah, make a vow as they worship and sacrifice on their yearly trip up to Shiloh. In the process of time then, Hannah bears a son. She has a son. God blesses her. And the name of the son is Samuel. That's what she asked for. And as promised, after a period of time, she takes Samuel to Shiloh, where he will for the rest of his life, according to the vow... Serve God. And he will begin under the the priest Eli. Samuel is ministering to Eli in the tabernacle where the ark of God is, where it was. And it's Saturday night in Shiloh. Saturday night in the city. And Eli's two sons, Hopni and Phinehas, if you know anything about this passage, are out there. And they're in the middle of sin. That's where these guys always were. Read about them in 1 Samuel. 
They were in the middle of sin. And here's Samuel at church, at the tabernacle, preparing for worship the next day, cleaning up, making sure that everything is taken care of properly. And he also had attended to Eli before Samuel falls asleep. Now, if you would pick up with me, I'm going to begin reading in verse 3. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. But it wasn't, it wasn't God that Samuel thought was calling. He thought it was Eli, the priest. So he runs into Eli and he says, Here am I, for you called me. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lie down. And he went and lay down again. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Verse 7, significant. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. He did not yet know the Lord. And so the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. So his instructions to him are, Go lie down. And it shall be that if he calls you, you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears you. So Samuel went back down and and lay down. Verse 10. Now the Lord came again. And I see this as a very intimate scene. And he stood and he called as at other times. Samuel. Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. The call is answered. Samuel comes to a faith relationship with the very living God. As I mentioned, there are those in an audience like this who maybe have never come to know Christ as Savior. I think you know from our pastor and the rest of the staff elders and laity here, that we would love to tell you about how you might enter that relationship. We always, Jimmy or whoever is preaching, always invite people to come up after the service because it's a very personal thing. And we would be privileged to answer your questions or put, with, put you with someone who can. Tell you about the claims of Christ. Tell you about how you might become a Christian. So the first part of the message today is, do you need a call? Do you need to come to Christ today? We'd be so pleased to be able to be involved in that. But it doesn't end there. The message doesn't. Because many of us here today need a spiritual recall. I have an opportunity, because I counsel with my duties here, to talk to a lot of people. And I talk to a lot of believers, not only in this church, but also in the community. And I find a lot of people that I talk to say they're bruised, they're broken, they're spiritually dry, 
They're in that spiritual slump that I mentioned to you earlier. Is God about recalling them? Do they need to be sent back and fixed right like a car or like tires that are not working correctly? Are they broken by circumstances that they just can't seem to control? Circumstances out of control. Are there Christians in our audience today that need a recall? Well, Moses was like this. And if you would turn to Exodus 3, let's look at some things from Moses' life. I've got to tell you, first of all, that you can divide Moses 120 years into three groups of 40. There were the, was the first 40 years in which he was a prince in Pharaoh's court. The second 40 years of his life he spent as a shepherd in Midian. And the last 40 years of his life he was a king in Jeshurun. But Moses will become Israel's leader. But if you read this particular scripture before, you know that it doesn't start. He doesn't get his word. He doesn't get his call until he is 80 years of age. 80 years of age. Senior adult. Mature adult. Jeff Simons. Do we need to realize that God is just fixing to start using us? We're not at the end of our ministries. We've just begun. But I think if you study the life of Moses, you'll see that he had had a call to, to salvation or faith in Christ before. But his plan had backfired. He got his eyes off uh, God and he got his eyes off on people. And you remember what happened that, that caused him to go to Midian. He saw a Hebrew. And he, and he saw an Egyptian in an argument. And of course the, the Egyptian was doing great damage to his brother Hebrew. And he murdered him and buried him. And Pharaoh began to chase him down and look for him. And he spent his 40 years in Midian. You see, at this point in time, Moses is desperately in need of a recall. And I think I've got good news for you today if you need a recall. But let's look at the scriptures first of all. And I want to show you some characteristics, I think, from Moses and possibly to you that would be a part of that recall. Let's look at the first one, which would be in the third chapter, the first and the second verse. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. His first, the first characteristic of his recall is a recall to God's presence. Notice that Moses is led to the mountain of God. This would be the area that would be called Mount Sinai later. But it hasn't been designated yet. And Moses, like us, or many of us, was hanging out with people. Now he's going to hang out with God because he's taken to the mountain of God. 
Henry Black and Blackaby of Experience in God tells us, if you're looking for the best place to minister, go where God is. Find out where God is. Go into the presence of God. So God shows up in a bush. And he meets Moses, not in the spectacular, but in the very simple. He meets Moses in the bush. And he reveals himself to Moses. I want to tell you, there's glory in his presence. I felt that this morning as I was worshiping. When I pray, I feel his presence. When I study his scripture, I feel his presence. There's glory in his presence. Many of us need to be called back, recalled to his presence. Because when God shows up, wow. I took six father and sons to Guatemala in August. There were 13 of us, and we went for the purpose of doing basketball clinics and evangelism. And we had a wonderful time. It was an excellent time, an excellent time of ministry. We were in three high schools every day. And uh, the, the fathers and the son would demonstrate basketball. They would share testimonies. They would share the gospel. And many people came to faith in Christ. God indeed showed up. But I want to share what happened to you on our last night. We had had an opportunity to work with their national team. That was 24, 12, 12 men and 12 women. The best 24 basketball players in Guatemala. They were adults. And they wanted a little bit of extra knowledge about basketball, so we shared it with them. On the last night, after we had finished the, the clinic part, the teaching, we sat down in an old, dusty, dirty gym that was dimly lit and began to share the gospel with these 24 adults. And God showed up. I was the one that spoke that night, and I can't tell you one thing that I said. I know there was scripture used. I know there were principles that that I used. But I can't tell you one thing. But at the end of our time together, there were 18 of those 24 adult basketball players that supernaturally came to faith in Christ. And it was all over their faces. They were transformed. They were changed. God showed up in a big way. And if we're going to get a recall from God, we need to be recalled to His presence. But we also need to be recalled to God's person. And let's look at the third and fourth verses of Exodus 3. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. God called him by his name, Moses, Moses. If you're a young person here today, you've got to be called by God's name. God's got to call you by your name. You can't piggyback off of a relative or a mother and father. I think you know that, but let me remind you. Coming to God is an individual matter. You have to be called by His name. Did you notice that God called Moses after He was in His presence? That He was in His presence first, and then He called Him? Again, Moses looked to see what men were doing previously. 
And it led to him killing an Egyptian man and running for his life. But now Moses looks at God. And God calls. And Moses answers. You know, God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you and I need for a recall. And the bush will find you if you're ready for that recall. The third characteristic is we need a recall to God's program. Would you notice verses 5 and 6? Then he said, Do not draw near to this place, but take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. We need a recall to God's program. And God tells Moses, 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 you've got to be broken. You've got to come and see my holiness. The scripture says, be ye holy. God says, be ye holy because I am holy. And it seems to to be saying here to me, to those who need to recall, that if you have a messed up life, God says you've got to do something. And you you just read what it is. Take off your sandals. Take off your dirty shoes. And he says, even if there's one-fourth of an inch of leather on those sandals, get them off. Take them off. I want bare feet. We've got to be humble if we want to recall from God. We've got to humble ourselves. Some of us are going to have to confess the secret sins that are in our lives. The one that we think we're the only ones that know about. Them. We're going to have to get open and honest before God if we want to recall But God seems to be saying, I'll fix you, but you've got to start moving toward holy ground. A lot of people have been quoting 2 Chronicles 7.14, but that seems to be the corporate recall of our nation or our world, I think. I know you know this verse, but let me give you some highlights in it. Because I think our whole world needs a recall. God says, humble yourselves. Pray, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, then I'll hear. I'll forgive your sin, and I'll heal your land. To be recalled, we've got to be recalled to God's program. And last, we need a recall to God's power. His presence, His person, His program, and now His power. Would you look at verse 10 with me? Come now. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that ye may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? I can't lead. Others are better than me. I'm inadequate. Who am I? Verse 12. So he said, Moses, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? 
What do you want me to tell them? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. You heard it. Moses says, I can't do it. God says, Moses, do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who you're talking to when you say that? You can't do it and you're talking to me? I am who I am. The personal pronoun, present tense. I am who I am. The personal God who always lives in the present. I am who I am. God is the only who perpetually lives in the present tense. The big question to us as to Moses is which I am are you going to follow? My problem, probably some of yours, is sometimes I want to follow me. I'm the I. That's the wrong one. It's the I am who I am. God says to Moses, you've got my stamp of approval. You can do it. I've called you, I've recalled you, and you can do it. And when you go to the children of Israel, tell them that I'm the one that has sent you. It's me. It's me, Moses. I've sent you. Well, I don't know if you need a call or a recall today. I know maybe some of you are saying, possibly, maybe it's too late. But there's a lot of good news for all of us in this room today. Because it's, it's not too late. I think it will require a change for you and for me. We'll have to change. We'll have to get broken. As I said earlier, we'll have to deal with some of the secret sins in our lives. But God wants to recall all of us. And I wish that uh, certain characters from the Bible were here today. I wish that they could tell you about their recall. I wish Jonah was here. Jonah would tell you that he ran, that he left Nineveh for Tarshish, said no to God. God sent a whalogram and brought him back. He got him back. He'd tell you he took him where he was intended to go. And he used him to bring revival and hundreds of thousands of the Ninevites came to Christ. I wish Jonah was here to tell you. I wish John Mark could tell you because he also ran. He left Paul when Paul needed him. Ran home to mom. Went A-W-O-L. But he'd tell you that God straightened him out. And Paul would later in his ministry say, You're profitable for me, John Mark. I need you. Bring John Mark to me. I want him. And Mark would later write the book of Mark. He got his recall. I wish Martha were here. Martha would tell you, Ladies, I got caught up with the barrenness of busyness. Hmm. Ever have that? The barrenness of busyness. I became jealous of other women. I even became jealous of my sister. And yet Jesus would turn to me and say, Martha, there's only one thing that's needed. And that's to spend time with me. You need to be with me. Martha would tell you she got her recall. I wish that Paul were here today. Paul would tell you that in Romans 7, and he tells us in Romans 7, the things that I don't want to do, I do. The things I don't want to do, that's what the things that I end up doing. He was in real trouble. And yet in, in Romans chapter 8, you'd see a real presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. Paul made mistakes, but he became the great finisher. 
And he writes, what, 13, 14 books of the Bible? I wish Paul was here today. He'd tell you about his recall. And I wish Peter was here. Peter would tell you that he denied Christ three times. Cursed him to his face. But he'd tell you, Jesus will come after you. He'll even come to where you work. He'll tell you that he loves you. He'll cook your breakfast if he needs to. He'll call you back into the ministry or back into your Christian faith. I wish that Peter, Paul, Martha, John, Mark, and Jonah were here today. But they're not. But I am. And I tell you that at 19, I got my call to salvation in Christ Jesus. 19 years of age, God called me. And it transformed my life. I became that new creation in Christ. And it's not been the same since. I got my call. I'd also would tell you that there have been recalls in my life. Because I messed up too. I messed up as a Christian. As many of you have. have. And I got my recall from God. So I told you early on that I was speaking specifically to two groups. And if you're the third group and you just coasted today, that's fine. But if you need a call, oh, please give us the opportunity. And if you need a recall, Go back to God's presence, person, program, and power. You don't take my word for it. Go back to the bush. Go back to the mountain. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is true. And your word cuts not only those who receive, but those who deliver. And Lord, there, if there are those in our midst who need a, a relationship with you, Lord, I pray that they would begin seeking those answers and talking to people who can share with them how they can find it. For those who are in a spiritual slump, Lord, I pray that you would cause these people to see your presence to see your person, to see your program, and to see your power. And that as they pray and as they, as they talk to you and expose themselves and become vulnerable to you, that they would uh, begin hitting the ball again and know the joy of being in Christ and seeing Christ work in their lives. Holy Spirit, to those that you would direct this message to, we turn it over to you. In Jesus' name, amen.